I'm Freddy Cruz, and I've made it my job to share with you the stories of individuals, businesses, and organizations that make the greater Houston area great. This next guest is doing just that by living the good life. Jennifer Harding Hill is the founder of Good Sugar, a cottage bakery in Kingwood, Texas. She's been featured on Food Network and has even cracked the top five list of the Houston Chronicle's best of the best list. During this episode, we dive into the meaning behind the spelling of the name of her bakery, life as an ADD baker, and she gives you, the rookie baker, actionable tips for starting your side hustle. And if you want to help me grow the show, you can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or sign up for the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Tell you you go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. I met you a few months ago at a Girl Scout cookie event and the treats were delicious. I look you up on Instagram and you go by the ADD Baker. So let's begin the conversation there. Yeah. So in a nutshell, I was born that way. Um, when I was four years old, my grandmother, Granny, who um, ended up doing a lot of the raising of me and my mother, um, got together and figured out some stuff in the library and decided I was ADD. So they contacted a Dr. Feingold in the 70s. This was in the 70s. And girls are rarely diagnosed even now today, um, as young people. So it's pretty remarkable that they figured all that out in the seventies. So I have uh, what's called attention deficit disorder. It doesn't have the H because it wasn't there when I was diagnosed, but I do have hyperactivity in the brain and physical. You'll see me twitch a little bit, but it was, um, just something I've always known. I had a special diet for a lot of years. I got a beer, but not soda. How weird is that? because of the preservatives and things like that. But so the ADD Baker is who I am. It's how I do things. Uh, My executive functions are minimal. Uh, My memory is almost non-existent and um, everything else is extraordinary, like extraordinary. I can do extraordinary things, but I've seen some funny memes and things that say, um, you know, with ADD, I can do all these extraordinary things, but the basic tasks to keep me alive None of those. Mm. <laughs> None of those. So. I want to go back to something you just said. You have no memory whatsoever, but as a baker, a baker who has been featured on Food Network, nonetheless, uh, you have found yeah. quite a bit of success as uh, as an entrepreneur. And baking requires specific measurements, and you have to remember what steps you performed and what steps you need to perform. It's not like cooking grandma's homemade pasta sauce where you just add a pinch of that and a whole bunch of this and a a whole lot of garlic. Yes. You have to be very precise in how you're measuring. So how does all of that work into these amazing creations that you make, not just for the Girl Scouts, but for people all over the Houston area? Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's chemistry. And so the beauty of that is I write down recipes and I, every single thing is written down and believe it or not, five years in something I make every single day, I still have to refer back to, but that's okay because I can. There isn't any um, anything that says you have to remember your recipes. They just have to be amazing. And as for Food Network, I was really, it, reality TV worked really well for me because there isn't a script. And um, I have a tendency to overshare. So I was a producer's dream. Like they said, just keep going, Jen, just keep going. Like they immediately assigned me team captain for my group. And um, I was the least like 
I don't know, credentialed mm. on my team, but the most ability to, to jibber jabber. So um, they can take it all and edit it out and make an amazing show. But if I had to remember a line or something, I would not be the one. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. And, and some people work that way best when it's just when life is unscripted and you just go with the flow. Yeah, I think that everything is so complicated in here. And um, it's not like an excuse or a, a sad thing. It's the way that I'm built. But everything in here is so complicated that um, I don't have an option other than to be authentic. You know, if I were trying to become something um, or go away that was an unnatural bend for me, I would fail miserably because I would forget, you know, what I was supposed to be doing. So what you get is unadulterated this is who I am um, for better or for worse. Most of the time it's for better. It's really uncomfortable when it's for worse. But um, I'm as I get older and older, I can lean more and more into that authenticity without you know, being embarrassed or worrying about being different. If anything, I'm here to just shout from the rooftops, let your freak flag fly. You know, there are more of us than there are of them. You know, I don't know that I've ever met a for real neurotypical for real. And Honestly, ADD or not, it would just be exhausting to live 24-7 in some sort of rehearsed kind of existence. I don't always like it. And there are definitely days I would trade all the magnificence and extraordinary that goes on here. All the, how did you do that? For, you know, just simply being able to know what day it is every single day or remember something that I really, really you would expect me to remember something that's really important to me. It doesn't matter. It's all the same to my brain. And so I would trade some days uh, for that, but acceptance that's done and done. And so now I just want to share with everyone else that they're a okay too. And we all have a purpose here and every person's extraordinary. You just got to keep looking until you find it. And speaking of purpose, the name of your bakery is good sugar. And if you don't see how it's spelled, you think it's G-O-O-D, but it's G-U with the little thingy on top, D sugar. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into the name and how it fits because it does fit your overall mission and purpose with what you are doing. Yeah. So good sugar came about um, because I was a fitness professional starting in about 2007. And along the way I picked up yoga. Then I went out on my own with a ministry, um, it was under another ministry. I'm not affiliated with them anymore, but it was a Jesus and yoga ministry, basically bringing yoga as a worship means. And I needed to call my ministry something. So I was not sure, found good, thought it was great. Good in Swedish means good. And it means God. And so I could have God there and present without barfing it all over the people, you know, because that wasn't what I was trying to do. I just, I wanted them to feel something. Um, and God's presence, but I didn't need to name it something that would polarize anyone. So good yoga was born. And then when I started sugar on the insistence of two really super pushy friends who I love dearly and appreciate, um, I, it just made sense to call it good sugar. So I began the good life company and that's just overall, the mission is to make it good. So one of the things that's important to me about my desserts is that they're really rich and all of the ingredients are super high quality because I don't want you to feel like, oh, I want more. I want more. I want more. I don't want you to eat a whole cake. No judgment if you do, but I don't, that's not my mission isn't to get you to eat the most of my stuff to sell you the most that I can. It's to give you a little something really good that's going to satisfy you. 
And then you can move on to making the other parts of your life good, you know, with your water and your greens and your, you know, fiber and protein and all the, the, the really good things as well. And funny about the name good, the U has the line over the top. And I learned much later, um, French macarons, M-A-C-A-R-O-N-S, is really what I started selling. That's how good sugar took off. And the line over the U is called a macron, M-A-C-R-O-N. Huh. Isn't that funny? Like Today one of the other. Today I learned. <laughs> yeah, for real. You're about to learn something else even better. All right. So then just a couple of years ago, um, I was, I'm a Google freak. I, I want to know how and I want to know why. And so I spend a lot of time on the internet trying to suss out, you know, just learning all the things. And I came across something that said good, G-U-D, with the macaron, in the um, a Hindu, Hindu language, Indian, not Hindu, but Indian, the Indian culture is another word for jaggery, which is sugar. Oh. I had no idea. Mind blown. Somebody come up to me the last market that I did in the very last market I'll ever do because they're too much work. Um, a beautiful Indian family came up to my booth and said, um, hey, did you know that the word good, as you have it spelled, is sugar in our language? And I said, in fact, I did know that. And it was so cool. You know, you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. And I try to do a good job of making sure it's not just one thing that I read on the Internet, but I've actually researched it. You know how that is as a journalist. Um, and it was super cool to have it confirmed by a family that would know. Yeah. So yeah, good also means sugar. It all just kind of comes full circle with what you are doing and then what you, what you started out doing and had no idea that this even meant something else entirely, uh, from a nation that's like thousands of miles away from where you are. I know. And to have a yoga background as well, you know, so a 2008, yeah. I believe I got my first yoga certification and I taught it up until the, the, I taught my last class, uh, the day before COVID shut everything down. And, uh, so I taught yoga for a lot of years. And so then to have that family come in and it just, like you said, it's all connected. And, uh, that's why I think I've always had deep faith, but it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper because none of this was planned by me, you know, like, there's something in front of me and I step on it and I'm like, Hey, that's a great opportunity. And I just wait there until something else appears in front. And then I step there and it's just, it's just kept going. And um, someday I'll write a book and you'll be shocked. But from where I started to where I even am now, and I feel like I'm just now getting started and I'll be, I just turned 49 um, is tremendous is absolutely tremendous. It reminds me, and I've said this on different podcasts before, so if you're listening, I apologize, but it reminds me of <laughs> the quote from The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, where it's, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's when you pursue your personal legend, all the universe conspires to help you achieve it. And it sounds like you obviously know your personal legend and know everything is falling into place. Yeah, but you don't get to see that ahead of time. So you really, that faith is really important. You just have to trust that you're on the right track. And and there's not always a confirmation that, yeah, this is the right track. So you, mm -hmm. I, it's just a lot to, um, to just keep foraging ahead some days. But what else are we going to do, right? Right. And you can look at something that doesn't go your way as, as bad or, as an epic fail or as something that um, is the result of some nefarious force that's outside of your control, or you can just see it as what you can see it for what it is, is something that happened 
and we'll learn from it and then move on and try and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And if it happens again, then we'll try something else. Yeah. So I think it was Thomas Edison, but I'm not for sure. Said something like, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I figured out 10,000 ways you don't make a light bulb. And, you know, look <laughs> at all the things that he discovered on the way. Yeah. And so everything is a lesson or it's a blessing, period. And no one, you can talk to me about it all you want. And I'll never, ever, ever change my mind. Um, I was on my way to my grandmother's house when my last two kids were really little. We were rolling in the excursion, ginormous car, little bitty people. And we didn't have a front license plate. So we got pulled over by a trooper. I was so annoyed. I did not have time for this. So I handled that, whatever, told him the license plate's under the seat. We'll get it handled. And so still annoyed, I get on the road. When I get up to an intersection that we would have been at, you know, 15 minutes earlier, there's a horrendous wreck, horrendous wreck. And so the first thing I thought was me and my babies could have been in that wreck. Yep. Like did this annoying situation just, maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't, but isn't it a more beautiful way to look at things rather than, man, what a jerk just pulled me over for really nothing. So. Mm -hmm. And that hundred dollar ticket is, it, it pales in comparison to what could have happened because you. That's right really lucked out on that. Especially since he gave me a warning, so it didn't cost me a thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. I mean, on the in the big grand scheme of things, it really just uh, really just doesn't even matter. And, and it goes back to something mm -hmm. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk talking about when he dies, that he wants God to show him all the, all the times that he almost died. So for instance, Oh, cool, when he, yeah. when he, when he forgets the keys and has to go back <laughs> in and he's late by a minute because he can't find them. He wants to know, like, did that keep me from getting into a crash or whatever? And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but really it's, it's a, it's a mind yeah. shift more than anything. That's right. It's the way your look perce perception is reality. And it is, uh, we don't have to like it. It doesn't have to be true. Obviously, perception is reality. So the way you're looking at things matters and it changes everything. It changes everything. I'd like to go back, if you don't mind, Jennifer, to 2020, uh, because that really, that really changed the world for a lot of people. And you operate under cottage laws, meaning you don't have a store. That's right. You don't have a brick and mortar. You don't have a location. And so what do you tell people uh, who are thinking about going into baking as a profession from a side hustle? Yeah. The first thing I tell them is that there's plenty of room at the table. There's just, there's plenty of room at the table. And the next thing I tell them is you have a lane that's all just yours. Stay in it. So don't worry about what your guy's doing or your guy's doing, stay in your lane. And then the next thing is that Texas makes it really easy for home bakers. So there are some really strict rules and you do have to follow them. And there are consequences if you don't. But on the good side, you don't need anything except a, a SurfSafe license is the name of the brand that I did. But it's a food handler certificate that just teaches you things about basic food safety so nobody gets sick. Mine cost about $10 when I got it. It's a one-time deal. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to register. You don't have to sign up somewhere. You do need to get a tax ID. You need to you know, do all the government things. But Texas is, uh, does a beautiful job of letting us just do our thing. And um, there is a website, I'll try and find it while we're chatting, that can tell you everything you need to know. And listen, some of the things seem ridiculous, but this is where we go back to stay in your lane. Unless you're interested in changing the laws, just follow them. 
And if you're interested in changing them, contact the people on the website and let's go. I'm, I'll be right here behind you. I'm not interested in changing the laws, but I'll support you. But there's a cap for how much you can uh, make, how much you can earn. There is um, rules about you uh, cannot ship under certain circumstances. There are things you cannot use. You can't use anything that has to be, um, it, everything has to be shelf stable, in other words. So, but you know, that's not that difficult because sugar is a preservative. So as long as you stay away from that list of things that they say don't use, you're good. It's super simple if you know the rules to follow them. And um, I'm really grateful that it's as easy as it is. I don't ever want a brick and mortar. I um, birthed four kids and I raised six and I don't want another kid. Um, I will keep the ones I have lucky for you guys, but, um, <laughs> that's what an, a store would be is another kid. And I'm just not interested. I like playing with my grandkids on Tuesdays, sending them home. Same with the bakery, shut the door, go home. As a business owner as well, the business in and of itself is a kid. I can't imagine having an actual location, which like, you know, to your point, it's like having another kid because there's a whole array of things that you have to worry about on top of having employees. Uh, you've got to worry yes. about everybody else, people who are maybe not interested in good sugar, but are very interested in things like stealing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I tried the employee route. You know, I tried to grow the business a couple of years ago and I thought, you know, yeah, this could be something. And I discovered I'm better as a one person show. And so as far as the ins and outs goes, it would blow your mind. I mean, you're a small business owner um, in a way, but the administrative things um, would yeah. be mind boggling to someone that doesn't know. And then if you add the lack of executive function, I mean, i I'm often saying, you know, thanks for your patience <laughs> to my clients. And because sometimes they'll put an order in and it might take me two weeks to get back because I'm making someone else's order. You know, like I'm one person here and I want it that way. So I've deliberately kept my business small and um, so that I can stay on top of it because it is so much. I imagine that also really keeps quality control under control because you're working with quality, not quantity. Yeah. And that's the number one reason. Um, I need it. The, the way that I've set up the business and I've already talked about the brand, you know, that it, it has to be high quality and it has to be extraordinary every single time. Um, my, my goodies are very expensive and it does matter if the sticker's straight on the bag, it matters to me and it matters to the brand and it matters to my client that just paid $5 for one cookie, but it doesn't matter so much to the person you're paying $10 an hour for. Yeah, And so um, that's when I decided I'll just play smaller. We're in the middle of summer where 4th of July is on. We're having a blast and people are going to want to continue to bake some goodies, cakes, cookies, all the things that you're doing. What is something that, uh, that a beginner, that a rookie, a chocolate chip rookie would uh, need to keep in mind as they uh, head into the, into the back half of summer? That's a great question. And the first thing I would say is don't, don't bake. There's a lot of <laughs> no bake recipes. I'm serious. There's a lot of no bake recipes. There's a lot of really good products on the market, not to mention all of your home bakers. You always want to support local and small because it's the only way we can stay alive. But if you are interested in doing it yourself, if you must, if you must turn on your oven, <laughs> do it in the evening or in the very early morning. Because if you don't, if you, evening is what I recommend, because most people's air conditionings can't keep up with our heat anyway. You know, your air can only go like 10 degrees 
um, you know, less than the air outside or some 20 if you have a brand new, new one. Um, so you literally can't keep your house cool. So bake in the, in the evening as late as you can. And there are so many ways to bake. You can use a crock pot. You can use an instant pot. You can bake on a grill. There are just so many different ways that you can bake that doesn't require turning on that oven, a stovetop, microwave, turning on the oven though, in Houston in the summer. I mean, just already go ahead and have your bathing suit on and get in and out of the shower because your house is going to be hot all freaking day. So just go to Good Sugar. For real. And if you can't avoid it, I do have a, a portable air conditioning unit in the actual bakery. This is the cookie room. So I bring, uh, this used to be my son's room. So hi, Jake. Um, but it's the cookie room. So I bring uh, the cookies up here to decorate. I have a dehydrator microwave. It's just all set up, all my decorating stuff back here. But downstairs, our formal dining room is the bakery. And um, it has a door, which is really nice. So I can shut that door, start the portable AC, and away we go. So if you were, say, you wanted to start um, thinking about cottage baking. Say you're a teacher during the year, and you've got this extra time, and you want to be a cottage baker. One of my daughters is a teacher and a cottage baker. Um, and But those are my tips. You know, Get you a portable AC unit. If you know you're going to do it, get one. Shut the door. Keep it cool. Otherwise, midnight bakers, man. Midnight bakers. Outside of not having a brick and mortar, what is something that works for you as a baker that 99% of your baker colleagues would think is just insane? I love that you asked. Um, in, a, in a nutshell, everything. Because uh, there's not a way to stay in line with normal or whatever. But the biggest thing is that my style is extremely loose and extremely messy. And there are so many people that absolutely would not get away with it. But um, I do have an art background. I do have a natural bend for these things. And somehow I can make that chaos look uh, just right. It's always going to taste good. It's kind of a metaphor for my life if you think about it. But yeah, I get away with being messy. I'm a mess. I'm messy. And it works. People look for me because they love my style. And I think most 99.9, like you said, would not get away with that. If, um, you know, some of my colleagues handed off, you know, their version of messy, they might get some, you know, side eye. <laughs> yeah. Understood. The good.life is where you can get connected with the great work that Jennifer Harding Hill is doing over in the Kingwood area. By the way, if you missed it, that is good, G-U-D. So the G-U-D dot life is where to go. Connect with her on the socials as well. She is the ADD Baker on Instagram. Jennifer, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Oh, I'm so honored. Mwah, mwah. Hey. You're not going to make it through the entire episode without me reminding you once again that if you enjoy this podcast, you can help me grow the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by signing up for the newsletter. I can guarantee there will be free stuff involved at some point before the end of summer. So if you want to get in on some freebies, you can sign up at cruisethroughhtx.com, C-R-U-Z, through hx.com.